And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 272 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, May 20th, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who's definitely not in for the unwritten rules of baseball, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you, my friend? Again, we're, am I like not in it with the news these days? What, what is You've this? You've not heard this? What did I you, miss? You're a base- no. I thought you were a baseball fan. Robert, I've been I've been hiding in my office for a week. I, I don't even know if there's sunlight. <laughs> well, what have you no, it's what have you been doing? We'll talk about no, no. First of all, I, I can, I'll, I'll, we'll catch up. Yeah, we'll okay. catch up. I want to hear about what's going on in baseball. So uh, this it's all over the news um, and in baseball. So uh, you know, uh, so I, I guess there's these unwritten rules of baseball. Uh, namely the the one that's up for you know sort of debate right now is the fact that you don't if you're up like 20 to nothing in a baseball game in the eighth inning you don't run it up you don't you don't well you don't swing at a on a three and oh count no you do not so so you do know the unwritten rules of baseball then well i didn't know if it was a new like why why does it come up now? Yes, because you don't run up the score if you know if if you you don't throw at certain people. <coughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Well, it happened, right? So it's it's I guess it happens a lot, but but um, you know Tony Larusa, who is a Chicago White Sox manager, um, in a game that they were up fifteen to four over Minnesota, and the hitter. Uh, who was, and I'm trying to remember his name, the hitter, uh, uh, Yerman, Yerman Mercedes. Yerman Mercedes was, was, was there and basically swung at a 3-0 and count and home-runned it, basically just dinged it over the fence, right? And, you know, it was a, the pitcher at that point because the, the Twins had basically decided that they were going to lose this game, brought in an infielder to pitch. And... So the pitch was like 47 miles an hour or something some crazy, yeah. you know, something yeah. I could hit. You know what I mean? So, um, and he just, you know, he, he smashed it. He smashed it out of the ballpark and everybody's all mad. And, you know, I, I think it's ridiculous. It, it's, it, it, it's, you know, you play the game. You play the game to win and, you know, pitch better. That, you know, don't lose. That's the, you know, I can't even imagine in the NFL if, you know, Somebody's down thirty-five to three, and you know they pull the starting quarterback and they pull the you know they pull a bunch of people, but they're still running hard. They're still they're, nobody's like you know taking a dive or you know anything like that. And the and the opposing team, by the way, is also playing really hard all the way to the end. You know, and there's a reason they call it garbage time, right? Because you're still playing very hard. The opposing team may not be covering you so tight because you know, they're just trying to stop any big plays, but they're still playing hard. And what this is basically saying is, is that, yeah, you know, if you're down, you should just stop playing hard. You should just stop, you know. Yeah, you I just, stop. I'm just looking right now. Yeah, there's a whole thing on Tony LaRussa and unwritten rules. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. I didn't even know Tony LaRussa was still managing. <laughs> well, he's neither, 102. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, neither did a lot of people. Um, I mean, nothing wrong with being 102, by the way. No. You can still manage baseball, <laughs> but I didn't think that. I got to tell you this. It's so funny. My, 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 my dad doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can tell you this. So I take him golfing the other day, get him out of the house and we go golfing. We do our thing. We get back in and he sees two of his old cronies that he used to hang out with. And he's like, Hey, it's Tony Polizzi and whatever. He comes up to him and the guy said, looks up at my dad and says, I didn't know you were still above ground. Oh, nice. There we go. <laughs> and I'm dying. That's very nice. Of course, that's the best way to, to greet somebody when you're over 80 years old. Yeah. So we, we had that to go through. No, uh, things are great here. I'm in book launch week. Uh, so, you know, gratuitous ask for anyone out there. Um, you know, but the book launches on Tuesday. Please go buy it. Content Inc. It's the new version. 
And uh, I'm going to tell Rose, you this. Well, I'm going to tell you, you this. Right on, you're right on the cover. You oh, have the, the cover quote, which is a fantastic quote. I'm going to read it because it's amazing. Yeah. You said, the number one digital business model for the next decade. Now, my question is, did I write that for you or did you write that? I, I think that just doesn't even matter. Um, <laughs> I think, you just said, put me on the cover. And I yeah. said, I'll make up a quote for you. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, here's, but I am going to tell you this. This was actually, I, I, I mean this in all, you know, because we, you know, as we said on the show before, we don't talk about our rants and raves, what we're going to do. We just sort of surprise each other with it. Yeah. I was going to do a rave because uh, I got your book and the cookies. Thank you very much. Um, and I've now read the book, um, which I had not done before. I, I read some of the intro because, you know. It, you would you had sent over some of the stuff um, early sure. to for to, for review and all of that, but I had not read the entirety of the book as it was finished, and I read the book, and it's absolutely brilliant. I just I just have to tell you, it's just really 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 good. I dare say that this edition is much better than the first edition, and the first edition was great, but this but this edition is just is just so spot on. So. Congratulations. It's well, really Well, thank you. Um, you know, the one thing I'd like, first of all, we changed the model a little bit to update it with the, you know, whatever, the 100-plus companies we analyze. Yeah. But I yeah, really exactly. like the fact that the case the case studies are global case studies. We have case studies from all over the world. Uh, our, you know, good friend Joachim Ditliff um, worked on that with us. And then Claire, Claire McDermott did all the interviews in the United States. And we have a couple from Australia. It's Yeah, it, it just worked out really really well and i feel i guess the difference with this one robert not that i didn't believe in it the last time but most of the first version was here's what we did and it worked for us and you should do it right this one is here is here is the business model for how you want to build a business through content creation this is here's an example here's another example here's another example here's another example is just if you can't find your you know, if you're a content creator or, you know, a, a content entrepreneur, as you are wont yes, to I say these days, yes, um, exactly. then uh, if you can't find your business model in here, then you're not looking hard enough because it's it's there. It's it it's really it, it's you know, it is it is as our first book uh, was described, the owner's manual of content marketing. Um, this is truly the the owner's manual for content entrepreneurship. Maybe that would have been a better cover quote. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, it's funny because I've got a, this really long tagline that, and, and no fault of McGraw-Hill's. McGraw-Hill's a great publisher, and they wanted to go with the long tagline so you get all the buzzwords in it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it's start a content first business, build a massive audience, become yeah. radically S- successful. S- SEO, the title of the book I, for Yeah, Amazon. I don't know. Yeah. But when yeah. somebody asked me what the book is about, I say it's the business model for content creators. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all it. I say. It's very simple. You, you do this... And what we found is it's great is if you follow this model and, and you really do it to the T's in five years, you could have a $5 million plus valuation in the business. That's what a lot, of the, a lot of the people that we interviewed have. And they decide to either keep a lifestyle business or sell it or go big and create an enterprise out of it. So anyways, I still think thing. you should do the video with the Lamborghini and you walking around the beach and big sunglasses. I. I, I still think you should do that just for a, a, a goof, but you know that's just me. The, here's you know what we talked about this. The problem is there might be some people that don't think we're goofing on it. Yeah, I know. And I don't yeah. want it to come I off know. as the hustle guy. It's hard, right? I know it's hard. You know, it's that hard would to do be jokes it. these days. It's hard to do it, jokes. It is hard. People to do that. Yeah. So, but anyways, but I have to thank you for all your help and support. On this, and you've done a fantastic. You created a fantastic trailer for it, but for some reason, I can't get it through Amazon. That's so weird. It, it yeah. includes pornographic material. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I got the rejection note. It says, "What? Pornographic, offensive, like what? A- offensive language or 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 nudity or something?" Yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I don't really know. I don't really know how that happened. Yeah. So I re- I just resubmitted it as is because I don't know what to change. Yeah. Maybe they just don't like your voice. It's I true. It I, I, they're, 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 I, you know, it has been said. So. <laughs> so anyways, thank you for the support. Uh, Absolutely. We have, 
we have my my wife was amazing because she she had the cookies idea to put the so we have 122 influencers of course you were one of them you're in the book and you everyone got a book and a little note from me and uh and cookies of their choice and by the way this is a little hint for anyone that wants to get influencers involved because the last time i did this book i just said hey you're in the book i'm gonna send you a copy well some people just don't they're too busy they don't care they don't want the print book they're like whatever and you don't get a lot of response we got like 90 percent response rate on this one because we said i'm going to send you the book and cookies of your choice and there was a drop down and if they wanted red velvet or m&ms or decadent chocolate or chocolate chip or whatever and it works man everyone i mean everyone's like oh the book's great joe but those cookies (laughs) i'm like oh god so anyways it's, it's a, a thing. It, the cookies were good. I will tell you that. The cookies were lovely. It's a thing. So you can thank my wife for that. Yeah. And, Come for and, the cookies. Stay for the book. And that's, Laura that. Kozak, she put, helped put the, all the boxes together and everything. And the only thing is, I got this is funny. I could just ramble forever. I'm in one of those moods, which is probably not good for anybody else but, <laughs> but you and I. But uh, the when we were putting the packages together, there's like of the 122, there's like 35 international. And every time an international came up, my wife would give me a dirty look. And she'd be like, and I'm like, what? I'm like, they they were in the book. They I want to send them a book, whatever. She says, do you know how much it costs to it send does. a box it's, it's like amazing. this internationally? It's so hard. It's it's yeah, it's real difficult. So she just starts basically Canada. Just, I mean, something sending try send some something to Canada. I mean, it's the uh, you know. My my primary colleague in my business lives in in Toronto, and sending her anything is like, oh my god, I want to send her a bottle of wine. No, not that. You know, send her some cookies. No, not that. You know, send her a book. Oh yeah, that'll be seven hundred dollars. Exactly. You know I mean? it's like, or like these things, like fifty, seventy five bucks for yeah. a box that doesn't weigh that much. And so what I found is the more that I had, you know, international audience getting these books and these packages is every time I go over my wallet, there's there's no cash in it. I think she's just taking the cash directly <laughs> from me right. to pay for this. Yeah. And that was a joke, by the way, because yeah. I don't have, I mean, I get all my money from her. I am yeah. not even, a, I don't even know what the checking account is. She just Dude, gives yeah, me money. Yeah. I mean, I get my, my weekly allowance and that's about it. Yeah. I so, don't enough I, about me. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about anything before we get this? No, let's jump started. into the news. Let's get into the news. Why let's not? Get, yeah, we should just get into the news here because, yeah, you know, the you know, as Doctor Evil would say, the details of my life are quite inconsequential. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're gonna uh, we got we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of news here, and uh, we're gonna group three stories together here to start us off here because it's it's uh, mergers and acquisitions. Oh my! It seems to be in the air right now. Um, Two big, huge stories that we have to cover is the first, which will uh, link to a story in Variety.com, which is Amazon is said to make a $9 billion offer to buy MGM Studios. Uh, The article opens up by saying Amazon is weeks into negotiations on a deal to acquire MGM for about $9 billion. Chatter that Amazon and other tech and media giants have been sniffing around MGM has circulated for some time, but sources indicated that Amazon's interest in acquiring the studio has a new tenor, Beyond the usual rumor mill, uh, the deal is said to be uh, orchestrated by Mike Hopkins, who's the senior VP of Amazon Studios, and Prime Video, directly with MGM board chairman Kevin Ulrich. Uh, and MGM, of course, has you know all kinds of uh, content. Of you know, they got the James Bond franchise, mm-hmm. they got The Hobbit, they got Rocky, they got Magnificent Seven, Four Weddings and a Funeral. You know, I mean, just all kinds of movies and t- television shows that uh, would be there. Paired with that is the reverse of that, which is a story from, uh, we'll cover from, I mean, everybody's covering it, but Ars Technica is the uh, link we will have in the show notes, which is AT&T is going to spin off Warner Media, basically saying, eh, maybe this was a mistake to have all this stuff. And as that happens, Warner Media and Discovery, which we talked about two shows ago, I think, um, being a prime acquisition target for Netflix, um, will now merge. Um, And standalone AT&T will now focus on broadband. I definitely have a 
weird conspiracy theory take on that. But but uh, the the last story, just to pair everything up, and then I want to get your take on this, which is uh, the skim sort of going all the way down to much less tectonic movement. Yeah. Um, the skim, the newsletter, is apparently hired bankers, and they're exploring a sale to a non-media company. So some non-media company is made by the skim here, and that we'll link to is an Axios story um, that uh, basically says the company brought in roughly $20 million, and they are now eyeing sales to non-media companies like financial service companies and luxury brands that are desperate to reach millennial women. So what say you about all this merger and acquisition well, I want to get yeah, I want to get your conspiracy take because I'm very yeah. interested in that because we didn't we didn't talk before the show about any of this stuff, which probably makes for a better show, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, um, let's talk about the Amazon one first. Yeah, you, you, this is a real easy one. You and I have talked about this many times. Amazon spent eleven million dollars on con- eleven. I'm sorry, eleven billion dollars B on content for Prime last year. Yeah, and this deal is going to be a bit between seven and nine billion dollars. That's right. So and they're getting James Bond, Hobbit, Rocky, RoboCop, uh, Silence of the Lambs. I mean, come on! The you, the the, um, the value in this content library is unbelievable, and it's not just the new stuff that Amazon is putting out eleven billion a year. They're getting all this back library content. It's it seems like a deal when you think about it that way. So, but then you're like, okay, well, why is Amazon doing this? I was on a podcast earlier this morning talking about it and they you know were asking me what I thought about all these mergers and I said look at what all these big tech companies are doing they're focused on building valuable amazing experiences outside of what they sell and that's, that's right. content experiences that's why Netflix is doing what they're doing and why they're going to launch all new products outside of Netflix and that's why Amazon is doing this and that's why Apple has Apple TV and they're doing everything with music and it's it's funny they get it but it's amazing how many you know mid-sized companies just don't get why this is all happening or that this is just a media thing. This just goes much deeper than that. So I don't know if you have a take on the Amazon thing. No, I think it's I, I'm unsurprised. I'll put it that way. Yes. Um, uh, that uh, that Amazon would do this. I mean, it is a perfect fit for what their strategy has clearly been for a long time, which is to bolster their you know I mean quite literally their owned media strategy um, and build their library so that they're not paying royalties and, and all this stuff to, uh, you know, to, to the, to the studios, just buy the damn studio. Um, and what is not as well covered in this is not only their, uh, the library that they're getting, but it's the capabilities that they're getting to create new. And that's a critical piece of this, right? Because oh, that's right. You're right. Absolutely. The MGM, the MGM studio, which is literally 45 minutes away from my house, um, is an active place where lots and lots of really good, interesting things are created. By the way, for other studios, right? So, I mean, they're they're an active working studio with a lot of different, you know, content creators that are there, and so they're not only getting the library, but they're getting an, a you know a a lot of amazing people who create really good entertainment. Yeah. And so they can now that, you know, it's clear through Amazon, which is what amazed me about the, the where, you know, the, the article says that this is being driven out of Amazon Studios, which, of course, has created a bunch of content. But arguably, they were kind of hacking it together. Right. You know, they were you know, they were toward, you know, the Amazon it's a Studios. Startup. It was a startup. It was a startup. And so yeah. now they're a real deal. Like they're a real Hollywood L.A. player. Um, in you know, in town, as they say here in LA, they're in town, and when you're in town, it, you're you're uh, you know you're a big player. So, I think it's unsurprising and a very good move for them. You know what's so funny about this whole thing is this is what people don't realize is that when you, when you create these ongoing experiences through delivering amazing content, you create better customers, and you get so many people that look at. Oh, Disney Plus, it's a streaming platform. Oh, Prime, the, you know, okay, I get it with Prime, that's great. Uh, Netflix, oh, I get What they don't realize is that the more these companies do this, they actually create better customers to sell all kinds of other stuff. Disney Plus makes the Disney brand and Disney merchandise and Disney everything else fly off the shelves more than if they didn't have Disney Plus. Exactly. So, and But people don't look at that. They look at the, the standalone business. And you have to, and this is why people don't get content marketing either. 
they're like content marketing when done well makes everything better you talk about this in yeah. every one of your sessions you're like content marketing makes your seo better content marketing makes your traditional advertising better content marketing can make your sales pipeline better but they don't they don't look at it that way they just look at the standalone and that's what i want people to look at this and say look what they're doing this is just smart business this goes way beyond them just buying a library catalog. They're just making it, they're just continually removing friction from between you and buying stuff on Amazon. True. And so the more you buy a Prime membership in order to get access to content, um, which continues to get more and more valuable for your Prime membership, that keeps me on Prime to be able to watch stuff, to, you know, because I enjoy it. And now I have access to get free shipping on, you know, all the stuff that I buy. I'm much more likely to simply, you know, use my voice to order up that, you know, refresh of dish soap or, you know, buy the new thing, you know, on Amazon versus going to Best Buy or whatever, right? It's just, it's just, as you say, smart business. It's, it's just smart business. And this is like the quintessential example of why content marketing is important for a, any business, you're just removing friction to make it easier for your customers to understand why you're the one that they should buy from. It's just that simple. And you know, anyway, I, I get off on a rant, but it, but that's that's it. It's 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 this is this is the example, right? We can see it happening before our very eyes. But then you see the opposite, right? <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to get your take on yeah. because my quick take on the AT&T thing is, well, first of all, why do telecom co- why can't telecom companies do this? Like well, it's that, to be Verizon is, and AT&T. Every is, other company yeah. can do this, but they can't. I, so, we covered on the show just to catch everybody up. We covered on the show 2 weeks ago that Verizon was selling off uh AOL and Yahoo. Um, because basically they didn't want to be in the media business anymore. And they wanted to focus on their core business. Correct. Yes. AT&T now doing it with Warner Media. Like yes. literally two and a half, three weeks It's the same later. move, two weeks removed. That's right. Pretty uh, much. Something's, something's afoot. So, okay, what, what is the conspiracy I don't know. That's my, that's my question. Is like, is something coming to, through legislation? Is something coming through... Regulatory is something coming through antitrust that gave these companies pause. I I, I don't know, and I'm dopey, right? So I well, I'm I'm just I just think it's a little weird that both of these things happened within two weeks of each other, and they're so. I mean, look, the fact that what makes it weird to me is that Warner is now simultaneously looking at uh, merging with Discovery, which is a huge, makes a huge media operation, huge media operation, and how AT&T decides, eh, it's not for us. We're going to spin that out. We don't, we don't need that anymore. Now, I get that they go, it's not our core business. I, I just, I don't, get, I don't buy the, the sort of surface story that, you know, that they that that it's oh the you know it's it's hurt our stock price or it's not done well or you know blah 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 and they want to get more focused around broadband and infrastructure i you know and 5g i i i guess i just don't buy that story i don't buy it no i don't i'm with you i don't buy it either but i do in part buy the stock market thing because i think what okay let's just Let's just pretend we're a fly on the wall in the room when this decision was made. You got a lot of bean counters in that room. And those bean counters are saying, hmm, Verizon and the other telecom companies and whatever have outperformed AT&T stock by 70-some percent over the past two years. We, by far, are much more valuable. And what's the problem? And blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, oh, well, we got these, this media arm that's hanging on us that people are, are not valuing. And they're actually devaluing the company because of it. So let's spin it off. Okay, let's spin it off. Let's go call the Discovery folks and do that. Oh, great. That'll be wonderful. We'll still have ownership of it, 71%, and that's great, but it won't impact the stock directly anymore. But, you know, whatever. I'm just Yeah, no, you may be, here. I mean, you may be but exactly that could, right. But that could be it. That could or, be it. Or here's my other, here's my other uh, sort of thing, which might be they're planning to really put a big ton of investment 
um, into fiber expansion. So says the article that that's we're true. To. That, that, and that's so they need cash. They fantastic. need cash to do yeah. that, right? So they they sell off. You know, they have a garage sale basically and sell off. You know, grandma's favorite dresser called Warner Media, and they get <coughs> enough cash to you know to to go to go do this fiber expansion thing. I, I don't know. It's just. It's a it's very just weird. It, it's yeah, just it's weird just that telecom weird. companies can't do these media companies. Well, what's purchases. yeah? What's weird to me is this, that they they that they either don't know it or they how quickly they forget it. Right? I mean, it seems like every other day. I'm sorry, not every other day. Every other year, it's like ah, telecom company buys media company. Then two years, four years later, they go ah, telecom company sells off media sells company off. because it can't work. It's like. Is nobody going, uh, guys? We uh, we tried this before and did uh, this, didn't work. Uh, it didn't work, so maybe we don't want to do this new one. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. History is repeating itself really quickly. Uh, yeah, in the telecom media space. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the 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 skin the skin one, which is yeah. interesting, and I've got a take on. What do you, what do you think about this one? Because you mentioned twenty million dollars. That's two thousand nineteen revenue. We don't know what the twenty twenty is, but we they're anticipating it being double. So they're almost a forty million dollar company. Yeah, I mean it's they're for real, right? They're they're for real, and for a uh, for uh, you know for a financial services company. Or for some other uh, organization, this would be. I mean, you know, as we as we talk about how telecom companies haven't been able to swallow media companies very well, um, this would be. So let's a, try financial yeah. services. I'm about to see how that works for you, buddy. Exactly. You know, just try <laughs> much more. A go, go to a much more progressive industry. Let's go after yeah. financial services. There you go. Um, what What I love about this is. I, I don't really know why they're going out. I mean, I'm sure by doing this, they're getting more suitors and, and kind of in play. But what's interesting is if they go this direction and they say they're not going to be purchased by a traditional media company is that means they don't have to follow traditional media valuations. They, they're now basically doesn't matter how profitable you are. Revenue is uh, it's important, but not all that important. What's really important is how many subscribers do you have and how are we going to value those subscribers and their purchasing power with what we can sell? That's it. That's yeah. how they're going to value the deal. The deal yep. could be hundreds of millions of dollars because of that. And when you're looking at a traditional media model, you'd say maybe two times revenue or maybe 10 to 12 times EBITDA. But you're you're not going to get much outside of that if you're having a traditional media company purchase you. If it's a financial services company, they could lay down $100 million and not think twice about it. Yep, that's exactly right. So. That's exactly right. And I think I honestly think that they will they will sell and I think they will sell to one of the more progressive uh, either fintech companies or uh, or one of the more progressive banks. Um, and I could see either happening and I, I think it'll probably happen within the next three months. Do you want my uh, prediction? Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Ameritrade. Maybe they have, they have a history of this already because when they purchased Thinkorswim, they they got their media channel of Think Money. Yeah, that's true. That has done very well. That they're still around today. That they believe it or not, still have the print publication. They've expanded that through ticker tape and other things that they've done, and they probably have already tasted the fact that it works for them. And they said, "Let's go big." And by the way, they just did the merger with Charles Schwab. Uh, Schwab. So they, I mean, there's a lot of yeah. money. Oh, hanging yeah. around there right now. And of course, yeah. any loans are cheap, especially if you're a bank. I think it's just free money. I think you just yeah. go to the vault and grab what you want. And yeah, you it just... could be it it could be any of those, right? E-Trade would be another one, right? You know. I that... thought I'm, is E-Trade still a thing? Are they still around? <laughs> yeah. Are they? Oh, well, they're I mean, they're owned by Morgan Stanley, but but Oh, okay. You know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fine. They they were purchased. Very I much like, they, you know, yeah. They're I not mean, a standalone entity. They were they No, were they're purchased, a, right? yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I only I only follow I don't follow the financial services like you do. So. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating there. <laughs> so, so yeah. anyway, all right. 
What All else right. we got going yeah, on? Yeah, we're going to talk about some launches now. So uh, another couple of stories to pair here. We talked about launches last week, um, but two new launches uh, come up this week um, from our friends at Pinterest and Twitter. The first story that we'll link to in the show notes comes from TechCrunch. Uh, the headline is Pinterest to test live streamed events this month with 21 creators. Uh, Pinterest is expanding into live events. The company is planning to host a three-day virtual event that will feature live-streamed sessions from top creators, including big names like Jonathan Van Ness and Rebecca Minkoff, neither of whom I've ever heard of. Uh, so I don't know how big their names are. Maybe they're, I'm, I'm well, not Well, just very, because you and I I'm not heard very of doesn't yet. mean... Yeah, it doesn't I mean... I know. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and so the second story then we'll link to comes to us courtesy of CNET, um, which says Twitter is going to launch a subscription service called Twitter Blue. Not sure why it's not called Twitter Plus, as in everything else has got a plus to the thing. But anyway, Twitter Blue will be apparently a tiered service that will let you make collections of fave tweets so you can find them when you want to. Uh, forthcoming subscription service from Twitter will cost $3 a month. Uh, uh, James Manchin Wong tweeted on Saturday. In early May, the social site spoke of an upcoming subscription offering that we're currently exploring uh, in a blog post about Twitter's acquisition of ad blocker Scroll. Uh, the Wong also said that the service could have a tiered pricing model with users who pay more getting more features. And she said one of those features will be collections, which will let you save favorite tweets in collections so you can locate them later. I can't think of a more useless feature to subscribe to. What say you, Joe? Let's see about both of these <laughs> things. Let's talk about Twitter first because, okay, they went years without any new product development announcements and yeah. how they, they literally are launching three or four a week right now what what happened like literally did jack just say okay you know time to get that stock price moving let's <laughs> right that, yeah. let's do, let's do this thing i think they should probably work for a living basically well yeah. maybe they realize that they're just not going to grow their audience they're not going to be uh, become a facebook or an instagram or anything like that they're going to have an influential audience it, it's capped at a certain number and they're going to like okay now we've got to drive revenue from this audience significantly so just i don't know why they don't just come out with the full-blown subscription platform that we've talked about whatever it was a couple months ago and just charge people at some tiered level based on the number of followers you have and if you want to communicate with those followers you got to pay us some money and frankly they don't even need that much i think if somebody has a million plus followers on twitter they're going to pay you a 100 bucks a month to get access to it right yeah that's right so yeah. what's all this 399 stuff what are they mucking around in the mud for? I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 such an incremental amount. Um, I, I, it's a great point. I don't know why they don't just do something really cool. I, I don't I don't know make if they're it working up to it. They're like yeah, you and know making what? it I, expensive, right? Yeah, I, it's like okay. Well, I know I could do ten push-ups, but let's just do one for now, and then tomorrow I'll do another one, and so and then by the end of the year maybe we'll get to Twitter Plus. I I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. What do you think of the uh, the Pinterest deal that you don't know where any of these creators <laughs> well, come from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look. I am not a Pinterest person. I will be clear about that. I asked my wife about this. She didn't know, and she is a Pinterest person. She didn't know those people either. Um, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily uh, in, in any event. Um, I think it's fairly interesting. I mean, I you know, Pinterest is the same, right, as Twitter, right? We've been long waiting for them to actually announce something different or something interesting in terms of product development. And, uh, you know, I think this makes all the sense in the world uh, for them. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. where you know, you, you start looking at their, you know, Pinterest, I think, has made deep inroads in terms of, e-commerce companies and and really helping shopping the sort of social shopping idea um and i think this is a really you know it's a it's an obvious move that they need to make which is to get into live types uh, of events because as we talked about last week it's a checkbox that can be checked um against you know what are, what other social media networks and it's a way for them to sort of begin to try and build a little bit of differentiation into what they do so I, I get it. I totally, uh, I think it'll be interesting. Um, and, you know, 
what I find is that Pinterest users tend to be very, very loyal, right? They're, you know, it's a, it's a very small, not small, I, I won't say that because they have a very sizable audience. But, but what I mean by that is, is that smaller than your average, it, it, maybe I'll say it like this. Pinterest Be careful, tends, you got a lot of Pinterest lovers. I out know there. that you're all, they're already mad. They're already yeah, stomping. I know they are. Wrong. Yeah, yes. yeah, right. Pinterest tends to be the forgotten social network. I'll put it that way, right? You know, we talk a lot about Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and the other ones, and then it's like, oh right, and Pinterest. And uh, Pinterest, what I find is, and I'm not, I'm not a Pinterest you know, user per se. I mean, I have an account and I've used it on occasion, but not like my wife who's like got boards and, you know, she's got different kinds of boards and she shares those boards. And they, I mean, she does all the things with Pinterest and I find those people like they love the service. They absolutely love the service. So to me, this makes perfect sense. I, I like it. I like it. I think it's it's funny when you talk about Pinterest is not one of the social media platforms in the forefront. But if you look at, I would say the ones that have sort of been in the background for a while, Twitch, Reddit, if you can consider Reddit, but Twitch, Reddit, and Pinterest, they're some of the hottest ones out there. And they've sort of just, while it, while these other ones are kind of fighting the front row, you know, they're they're getting really good cheap seats in the back. So. Yeah. Well, I think they, they you look, they follow the Joe Polizzi model, right? They do one thing really well. I think that's the key because it's funny because we're in like, I don't know, interview seven of 11 for the Content Inc. book tour. And every and I always ask the same questions to these content entrepreneurs. And I'm going through like, you know, what's your focus? What's your platform? Whatever. The key to this whole thing is they just didn't get seduced into these new features and they said, we, we can do this really well. We do blogging really well. We do this e-newsletter. We can be the best at doing this indispensable YouTube channel. Or like Wally Koval said, you know, we do Instagram and our daily pictures better than anyone else. And that's what we're going to focus on. And it's really worked for us. So I just, I love that they're doing this. I don't have a problem with it. But I don't want a creator to go in and say, here's another thing that I've got to do. And it distracts you from being great at the thing that you're doing. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, so there you have it. That's it. And then, so Pinterest, there you go. That's your <laughs> you Pinterest. Go be a Twitter. good, well, good little yeah. boy and girl and uh, do your thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah, go, go, go do that. Go, you know, go be you. Go, <laughs> <laughs> go, go. What is it? Go, uh, go do that thing that you do. What, what superhero movie is that? Go, go. Oh, I forgot the Mar- it's a Marvel movie or whatever. I yeah, oh, I'm not go, I'm, I'm not go. there. It's, I'm gonna think of it later. It's terrible. So I know people are listening to this. Is they know it? Go be you. Go do the whatever. Okay, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, yeah, what do we got all next? Right. <laughs> all right. Hey, so we have uh, uh, you know okay. We, it's a shift in gears for sure for this next set of stories here, um, a couple of them. And I think this is, you know, I will, I mean, we'll have some fun discussing this because this is, this is, I think this is really the most interesting thing. Um, the headline comes from Wired. Uh, and the headline for this first story that we'll link to is everything is becoming paywalled content, even you. Good, interesting, provocative headline. Uh, Every piece of the internet will soon come with a price tag. Welcome to the age of subscription, Ouroboros. I I had to look that up, Ouroboros. Um, Anyway, uh, the article opens up by saying, on the internet of the future, nothing appears on your screen without approval. Scavenging Wikipedia, you'll learn about pizza farms and the insane circumstances surrounding King Edmund II's death um, I'm not going to, he died. Yeah, you don't have to go into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can Google that for yourself, folks. Uh, at one point, you'll find a tweet about that strange period in 2019 when Pete Buttigieg wore an Obama drag during his primary run for president. One night before turning in for bed, you'll scroll through Instagram, admiring one acquaintance in particular, deciding to follow their bio link into a private subscription-only page where they offer premium content, mostly nudes, let's be honest. In this version of Utopia... Uh, your very own internet, there is only bliss and occasional curated chaos. No diabolical algorithms, nothing like that. It's all paid. Um, 
because as the article goes on to say, the catch here is, is that everything's going to require a monthly subscription of $5. In fact, most aspects of your harmoniously constructed Shangri-La internet will necessitate a, necessitate rather, a subscription. Even you, yes, you, you will have a set monthly fee for family members, friends, colleagues, and Twitter randos to subscribe to all your top tier content. The age of subscription, Ouroboros, a constantly renewing cycle of collective and sometimes shameless self-sponsorship where everybody can stay in their own loop forever. Wow, that was uh, really fast. Yeah. You really yeah, did that but, well. Yeah. So uh, now we'll pair that with another story, because, but then I want to come back and I'm going to get your take on this because this, this has got you written all over it. Um, this comes from CNBC. Uh, the headline that we'll link to, which I just found very fascinating to pair with this, which is kids now dream of being professional YouTubers rather than astronauts, says a study. Today's kids are three times more likely to aspire toward a career as a YouTuber rather than an astronaut, according to a new research study. Toy production firm Lego, uh, and by the way, they misspelled, they did misdid Lego, anyway, uh, surveyed 3,000 children between the ages of 8 and 12 from the U.S. and the U.K. and China, as well as 326 parents who had aged between 5 and 12. Almost a third of the kids in the survey said they wanted to be a YouTuber when they grew up, while 11% said they wanted to be an astronaut. However, the responses varied depending on where children were from. More than half of those in China said they wanted to be an astronaut, making it the most popular career aspiration. Uh, in the U.S. and the U.K., however, as only the U.S. can, that number fell to just over 10%, with vlogger, video blogger, or YouTuber ranked as the top aspiration in both countries. We've got uh, our priorities. Yeah, America. Yeah, yeah there we go. There we go. So, uh, so what? Ta- what say you, my friend, to this whole subscription you idea, uh, and um, the fact that everybody wants to be uh, Casey Neistat these days? Well, the, let's let's talk about the the study. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book Content Inc. Because I mean, even talking to my son and his friends and kids that are doing Twitch streams and whatever, I say kids, and I mean everyone younger than forty eight when I say kids. Uh, they, there's, they're trying to do this. They want to do this. There's no business model. That's so. I totally agree with that. I think that's the thing that's only going to get uh, greater. The whole celebrity thing is a thing. We're engaging in all this content. I, they want to do what they see. I, I totally get that. That's not the issue. The the part about everything becoming a paywall. I got two takes on it. First of all, I think the access to limited experiences is a thing. If that means that you subscribe to a Substack, or if that means that you know you have you, you, whatever limited edition of somebody's you know own creator coin, which you know I've talked about on this show, and for some experience, then fine, I get that. At the same time, if you're asking me what the trend will be, I mean those things are going to continue, but there's going to be a move back to free open access content. And I'm already feeling it. I'm already seeing it. I think that you're going... I don't think that Gen Z cares if there's an ad next to them. I think they don't want to necessarily pay for everything. And I think you're going to see this battle between two business models coming where everybody's going to charge for something and everybody at the same time is going to revolt against it. So it's funny. Commit to your business model. But if I'm, a, if I'm going to launch a business today and, I'm, and I want to build a loyal following, I'm not going to put a gate in front of it. I'm not going – and that's where you see a lot of Substack email newsletters struggle right now because they have their free newsletters and then they have their paid newsletters and they're having trouble building an audience because their really good stuff is behind a paywall. They haven't built an audience a different way over time and they're really struggling with it. So – and not an issue for a celebrity. If you already have an audience, fine. You can charge whatever you want. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the people that actually want to build an audience that haven't yet. So that's, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I, I think you're going to see the, the, the move back to the open web. Oh, I hope you're right. I, I really do. I, you know, I, I think it's going to become a lot more fragmented in the near term mm-hmm. before it goes back to, to being wide. I think... One of the thing, and, and, and by the way, this this gets to I think something that is we can see. I mean, even in the stories we covered today, when we think about the Amazons, the Netflix, the Facebook, Apples, 
you know, there's no doubt that all of them are trying to create walled gardens where you once you're in their ecosystem, you stay in their ecosystem. And the internet is getting smaller and smaller and smaller every day for most most consumers, right? I mean, you know, if I, and I don't have it in front of me, but but there, there, there was a research study that was done not to, that has been done for many years and, you know, the number of websites that you actually go to on any frequent basis. And, you know, I think that number is down to less than half a dozen, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's you probably go to fewer websites than you'd have apps on your phone. Hmm. And and um, I just made that up, by the way. I don't I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah, I would like to know. If but, anybody knows, please use the hashtag um, this old marketing. Let us yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, it that makes sense to me. I mean, I find myself do. I mean, I I go to a lot of websites only because I tend to do a lot of research. But you know, the number of websites that most consumers are going to on a daily basis consist of Facebook, Facebook. Google, uh, you know probably Netflix at night and whatever shopping they're having to to do, you know, in their, you know, and the content that they're getting is largely through a smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller group of 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 channels. I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And, and it's the same on TV too, right? I mean, we used to, you know, we used to joke in the 1980s, you know, um, you know, Bruce Springsteen did a song, you know, for hundred, you know, hundreds of channels and nothing on, right? We we used to have, you know, so much choice, quote unquote, when it came to cable TV networks. Now, you know, I was just making this comment to my wife the the other day because there was this thing on the news that said that showed all the broadcast. Uh, ABC, NBC, and CBS shows that were going to be canceled, renewed, et cetera, coming up. And, you know, they listed off, I don't know, a dozen shows um, that were, you know, half of them were getting canceled, half of them were getting renewed, and there was going to be some new stuff. And I went, I've never seen any of those. I've never seen any of those shows because I don't watch broadcast TV anymore. You don't watch network TV anymore. No, there's no network TV. It's all Netflix, right? It's Netflix or Amazon Prime or et cetera. They have me in their little walled garden. And and interestingly, what I find myself saying is things like, ah, there's nothing on Netflix I want to watch. Ah, there's nothing on Amazon I want to watch. Okay, I'll read a book. You know, I mean, but in other words... The the days of me sort of browsing through my DirecTV 400 channels that I subscribe to are gone. I just don't have time, you know? I don't go, the, the, the idea of discovery is, is, really, uh, is really limited these days. And so I think what you're gonna start to see is what you're talking about is this battle of the business models where you see a lot of individuals beginning to really create hyper-personalized filters for how they engage with content as well as the content that they create. And so that creates what this article is talking about. Now, whether it's monetized or not, I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, you know, am I going to really charge five bucks to, you know, subscribe to all my Twitter channels and, and my Facebook feed and my LinkedIn feed and, you know, my email newsletter and combine all those things into a Robert Rose feed that you can subscribe to. No, nobody cares about that. Right. The, 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 to your point, putting the good stuff, you know, you got to have a lot of really good stuff, you know, on a consistent basis to have people actually pay real money for it. And there's just so much noise out there. It, it basically brings the price to, you know, to zero, um, ostensibly. Anyway, I'm rambling on, but the but my point is is that I think it we see a lot more fragmentation to this direction first, and then maybe hopefully, like you're talking about, a much more open web. I do think the idea of programmatic and targeted ads and all that kind of stuff is going away, and we're going to see a a, a a much more a bigger return to you know a sponsored website or a sponsored television show or a sponsored you know less interruptive based and targeted advertising and much more sort of open content that is sponsored in, in many parts by a big sponsor. I don't know why I just thought of this, but as I was talking with somebody the other day about it, they were spending so much of their budget on content creation and haven't was, they were having trouble finding the audience. And I said, you have to spend, if you don't have an audience, you have to spend the majority of your budget on focusing on promotion and getting that audience so you're not just, you know, creating content that nobody engages in for a year. Like yeah. you really have to work at it. And 
that's that's where everything is right now. There's all kinds of amazing content out there. I see some of these some of these newsletters, some of these podcasts that are really amazing, but they don't have an audience. And even if you the thing is, even if you follow the model and you find uh, some kind of a hook in your content and you distribute consistently over a large period of time, it's going to take way longer than three years unless you've got you put some strong promotion and that's of course not not all of that is uh, money influencer programs a lot of partnerships distribution plans whatnot and i think that's that's why i think that i think you're going to have this pushback to an ad supported a more ad supported model i mean it's funny i the just the stuff that i'm hearing from some of these interviews so um kristen bohr who started uh, Barefoot Theory, which is an outdoor adventure site, and we talk about her in the book. We were, I was asking her about her revenue models, and she said one of her biggest surprises is her banners. He says the the people click, they're relevant. People click on the banners, and she's making all kinds of money on her banner. I'm like banner ads. Was this 1992? <laughs> but yeah. think about that. That is, that's one of those things. You know, sometimes when you just. You read enough things and you listen to enough people that it starts to say, oh, there's something happening right here. There's something happening where you're, you're moving a little bit away from this programmatic. You're moving away from all the, you know, the, the stuff that Facebook can't do now because of Apple. You're, everyone's charging for everything now and access. And then you've got this whole group of people that are saying, oh, we can monetize it the old way. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, I mean, relevance is, is part of it. Affinity is the other part, right? And what, the human placement of those banners in that case is is showing is is that there's a relevance and an affinity you know so she's making the right association for the advertisement and that's a very human very manual process at the moment we'll see if you know algorithms can get there I, but i you know as you know you'll hear later in my 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 rant you know we're a long way we're a long way from that um and it's, uh, I, I think it's, I think you're, I think the overall brand sponsorship of great content pays so much more dividends than trying to micro slice everything into trying to capture that person right there in the second that they're making decisions about things. And mm-hmm. it's just, it doesn't, you know, the biggest companies in the world don't get this right. I still to this day am so frustrated by the fact that I go to Amazon and I buy something as a gift for someone. You know, here, here's a perfect example of this. You I go to Amazon. To- <laughs> I know. It's, a, it's, it's very funny. Okay. I go, to, I go to Amazon and I buy my book as a gift for somebody, right? And the, then I go, I go back to books. Guess what books are suggested to me? Mm-hmm. And I go... Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I know why they're doing it. I, you know, I, I, I get why. I get how the algorithm works, but it's not at all relevant. Or how many Facebook ads do I see for all the products that I just bought? You know, I mean, I just purchased this thing for my wife or my wife just purchased this thing for us. And now all of a sudden our Facebook feeds are filled with all these products that we've purchased. It's like that's the mo- because because the simple algorithm is if you visited our site, you get a Facebook ad for it. It's like. No, that's just, you mm-hmm. know, that's just wasting money is all that is. It's okay. I mean, you can keep going on your rant if you want nah, to. That's all right. That's was, all right. I, I want to hear the snort again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about right. that, folks. No, that's Sorry, but All right. We that's, killed that's, that story. That's one, of, that's one of those things where it's it's much less pleasant in the headphones. <laughs> um, so for all of you who are wearing headphones and taking your evening walk, my snort, I... Yeah, apologize. There are worse things. There are there worse. Are worse things. Things. Oh, there are. There but are we won't get into that. Things. Yeah, we yeah. won't get into that. Sure. Uh, we should probably move on. We should to yeah. our uh, the favorite empirically proven favorite part of the show, our rants and rave section, where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we violated one of the unwritten rules of baseball, or quite frankly, are applying them to our daily life. I still think it's ridiculous. Um, the whole thing um yeah i mean baseball wonders why it has a viewership problem and is like hello it, it, by the way it is a real issue i mean it it's it's definitely nfl nba mlb i think oh yeah nfl I mean, is just taking everything by storm so 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's They're going to have to I do mean, something. Why, why MLB continues to... Uh, yeah, I'll get off on another rant. But um, And I like baseball. I love I like baseball. baseball. It's always been my favorite, but I, I've really, I, I've really turned into a, more of an NFL fan over yeah. the past few years. So, what are you yeah, do? and NBA. I mean, NBA has been amazing. I mean, what they've what they've been doing. I mean, it's it's crazy good the the the, the sport and how they've the international know, and the international oh, field. Yeah, just everything it. about yeah. it. You know, WNBA and, 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 and all, I mean, just what they've been able to do is, is really make this, keep the sport relevant and, uh, baseball hasn't done as well. Yeah. And we'll see where that all goes. right. All right. Uh, so uh, do you want to go first or shall I I'll go? go yeah, first, sure. I'll go, okay. I'll go first. So okay. we, you and I talked about this one before, but I, I don't think we've mentioned it on the program because it was just covered by Sarah Fisher over at Axios. But the article that I'm, discussing here is called coinbase is launching a media arm if you're not familiar with coinbase they're one of the largest platforms to buy and sell cryptocurrencies they went public a few months ago uh came out to like 400 bucks a share and then took a header (laughs) (laughs) right went down to like with everything else in cryptocurrency right now went down to about 200 bucks a share i don't know what it's at now probably like 230 or 240 or something beyond that's not the point i want to start reading this and i got a little take on it Uh, Crypto giant Coinbase is launching its own media operation and looking to poach a top media editor to guide the effort. Uh, It says, unlike a typical newsroom, that person would report into Coinbase's marketing team. How novel. I I don't think that's ever been discussed before. Yeah. Um, Mm. yeah, mm, Yeah. While sources say the media operation would act as a top of the funnel marketing vehicle to draw more people to its cryptocurrency exchange, it could and will, in my opinion, be used to help the company drive its own narratives. That's the key right there. They, and this is what I wanted to uh, talk about. First of all, I think this is a really smart move on Coinbase's part. There's still a lot of negativity from people out there. I would say, you know, 80% of people that don't understand cryptocurrency that still think it's a haven for, for criminals and all the other things that get talked about, the, the um, electricity usage and all that. There's not enough of the other side of the narrative going on uh, to combat what what's going on in traditional media because basically what gets picked up on CNBC everybody thinks like for example the the markets uh, were down a couple days ago because China said oh they're banning cryptocurrency well they they didn't change their stance it's this they just reiterated so everyone everyone in the traditional media just went out and said oh my god they banned it what well, this is the end for cryptocurrency they nothing's changed this is the same thing right. it's been for eight That's years. That's exactly right. So I think the the whole idea of Coinbase is like we need to develop our own content channels and we need to put some major investment behind this. And I like this move. They're saying the operation is going to be led by VP of content and editorial. Um, they're still searching for. What I would say, though, and I know we talk about this all the time, but there's some really <laughs> amazing media companies out there. Coindesk, The Block, Decrypt, Blockworks. Um you have all kinds of different either companies with media properties or Coindesk, who's the largest media company in the space. Coinbase has a ton of money. Just go buy it. Just go buy it. Exactly. Exactly. Go buy it. Stop wasting time and don't and by the way, they or can go do buy it the or, skim. Or go buy the skim. Whatever, right? They they can do this um organically and it's going to take a long time and they'll probably do it really well, but they it'll probably take them three to five years to really do a good job of it. It's just media. Yes. That's how that yeah, media. That's right. To, to create a really good media operation, it takes three to five years. I'm sorry, it does. I don't care what you what new technology you're using. So just go out and buy it. So, anyways, kudos to Coinbase. I think it's a good move. If I have to correct you on something, just go buy it, and you'll have what you need in three months rather than three years. Yes, that's right. So. Yeah, I. And by the way, I listened to your uh, your friend Kevin Rose's new financial. Uh, his, oh, his modern mo- MoFi 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 podcast. Yeah, um, I listened to that. I, I I went and listened to the whole episode, the whole debut episode. Yeah, what you um, think? You know, um, you are correct. I, I was taking my evening walk, uh, which I do every evening now. My my little three mile um, walk, and uh, yeah, I was I was screaming out at the trees a little bit um, about how ridiculous some of that stuff is. I mean. You know, <laughs> it's like, but 
there's some very interesting things that they talked about. I was much more interested when they started talking about the what's called DeFi, I guess, the decentralized finance and the smart contracts and it's all Ethereum, of that. Ethereum, really, and the other yeah, ones, yeah, 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 yeah that's really interesting stuff. The whole stuff about the you know collectibles and the art and the you know crypto punks and the zombies and the uh, good lord, you know, it's a thing, anyway. man. I know it, it's it has thing. been a thing I for, know for it's four years. Thing. I know it's a thing. It shouldn't be a thing, but I know it's a thing. But oh, man, we won't go. I there. knew you were. I knew "Get Off My Lawn" Robert was coming out, and it, it took us fifty-five minutes to get there. Yeah. Well, there <laughs> right. we go. All right. Do All right. you have a, a take on? I something? do. I have qu- a, a quick, uh, uh, quick rant and a quick rave. Okay. Uh, but not even a rant. It's really more just a, a link that I want to make sure everybody sees. This is a, from the New York Times. Uh, and it's basically uh, about online slander websites. Uh, and it's a great article um, written um, by Aaron Krolik, uh, who is a New York Times writer, who basically writes this, I guess it's an expose more than anything else, about how all these uh, slander sites, like where, you know, where these, you know, you launch a site and you say something really negative about someone and you write a post about it, and then they get it gets picked up by all these sort of dark uh, slander websites, and then you get a call saying basically, "Hey, if you want to remove this from the web, you just need to pay us, you know, twenty mm-hmm. grand or yeah. fifteen grand or whatever." And he walks through the whole thing, and he basically did it to himself. He wrote a bad post about himself, calling himself a loser and all this stuff. It gets picked up by like twenty websites. Of course, it hits Google Image Search, hits Google Search. Um, so now you search his name and you start to see some of these sites and, and, and all of that. And then, of course, he went to those sites to say, hey, what, what do I do this? And there's an ad, a big banner ad saying, you can take care of this if you just pay us, you know, five grand or whatever it, whatever it is. And he walks through the entire process. And it's just some very disturbing stuff. I happen to know that there are companies that are doing this in much more nuanced ways. Um, cause this is awful, right? This is awful and it's, and it's awful and it's it, at its face, um, that these companies profit about this and, and, and that, that it's out there. But I also know that there are companies because I've seen them do it, um, that do this in very nuanced ways with their competitors, right? They launch these dark sites that their product isn't very good, or there's a review. They launch a review site with a bunch of false reviews about competitive products that are awful. Um, it's happening in a lot of, especially in e-commerce where there's a lot of highly competitive, um, uh, of companies in the e-commerce space. They, they write all these, you know, review sites where, you know, the, competitor is falsely reviewed in a horrible negative ways just to sort of rank for Google search. And it's a real battle. And personally, I think Google has to get there, you know, very much like we've talked about before with Facebook and sort of fake news. This is something Google's got to get their arms around because this is just, it's an awful, awful, awful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And people shouldn't have to be able to, you know, people shouldn't be you know, in this content creator economy, there there is a very very dark side, and this is that. So anyway, I wanted to point that link out because I think it's important for everybody to know. It's like a the PSA. Second, thank you. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it's a PSA, but it's just you know something that's the more you know, my attention. The more, the you, more know. you know, the more you know. <laughs> the second piece is a is a bit of a rave, um, because it totally got me. Um, it, it, uh, this big hat tip here to Michael Stelzner, who a uh, friend and family of the show, obviously, um, who sent this over to me. Uh, it's from the Financial Times, and it's an article and then an accompanying tool um, called the Emotion Recognition. Can artificial intelligence detect human feelings from a face? Uh, and it's this you know nice article that talks about all this stuff. And I was reading through the article, and basically... It gets to about halfway through and it says, oh, you can try this interactive feature where through a quiz and access to your camera, the artificial intelligence will react to your face. So I'm like, all right, I'll give that a try. So I give it a try and you go through it and I'm going to spoil it. So sorry, folks, but, you know, go through it yourself. Um, So but this is a bit of a spoiler alert, I guess, Um, is you walk through it and I'm, you know, I'm going through the thing and I'm, I'm highly unimpressed. Like it's getting everything wrong, right? It's getting everything completely wrong. I mean, I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is bullshit. And I get to the end and it's like, was everything wrong? That's the point. 
that it's not there yet, that all there's a bunch of companies that are starting to cash in on this and that are actually using this technology for security. And your experience right now was shows just how wrong it can be. It was wow. just like, it, it was really good. It was just a really good, like nice little twist to the story. And so then I went back and read the entire article, you know, the second half of the article, and and it goes through, um, you know, some of the the science behind it and how it's still struggling, and but how there are companies now that are starting to make this a you know make this a thing. Really interesting story, I thought. Really interesting application and and a, a you know a a cautionary tale about our our uh, you know our deep dive into AI and algorithmic. Uh, ideas that it's not there yet. It's not so. there, but but it, it's moving pretty fast. I mean, it's it's moving quickly. It's, it's moving, moving quickly, very quickly. But I mean, the fact that that you can have a computer write a pretty spot on article and it's hard to tell that it's a human or not. I mean, that, of course, that's just the lowest level, lower level. Then you're, yeah, you, if you give it the, if you give it all the facts of a baseball game, it'll write you the write up. You know, the, somebody was telling me about this. I'm sure I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was my friend Mark who said that there's some computer that has like 11 million followers on Instagram and they the it's a computer image and they go to put themselves in all these lo- locations and all over the place oh, yeah. it's not a it's real the, person. Uh, yeah. I talk about her in my um in my uh I, and I just said her as if it was a real person. Um <laughs> the it's a fashion model and I'm trying to remember yeah, the name that's it. but yeah it's a it's a fashion it's a it's an AI generated uh fashion model that that basically uh you know is in you know, take, taking pictures, quote unquote, um, in all these locales with different clothes on and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's got, it's got all these followers. Yeah. There you go. 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 All right. What, uh, what do you got going on? I know you got a meeting here, but what are the It is crazy busy. Cray, cray. Uh, Cray, cray busy. It's, which is good. I'm super happy about it, but yeah, it's, um, things are feeling back to normal a little bit. Um, and you know, trying to trying to sort out business and all that and keep up with things so it's 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 i gotta say it's feeling really good um, you know working hard basically good you no yeah i mean you know i just did same the, thing yeah <laughs> we did uh, three of the content inc book tours this week on clubhouse uh, i mean we'll do a whole clubhouse show after this because i'm not as bullish as i used to be but we can talk about that <laughs> later i'm actually moving <laughs> we've got an interview with brian clark uh next week and i'm moving that from clubhouse to try out twitter spaces so i can give everyone a take on how that works and my experience with Twitter spaces as we're experimenting with all this. But yeah, next week's book launch week. So we've been doing a month of work comes to a culmination next week. Uh, we're already on, we're already number one for best new sellers. So on like three or four categories on Amazon. So it's whatever people are pre-ordering, which is great. So we'll see how it goes next week. See if we can hit some, some categories, sell some copies and change some lives. Change our lives. Change that's lives. what you like. That's what I like. That's it. Working hard to change some lives. That's what we're doing. Yeah, all for all for other people. I'm not doing it. None, nothing no. is for me. Absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. We're signing off. If you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 271 episodes, just get your little butt over to our wonderful little website, thisoldmarketing.site. Uh, we want to thank the good folks at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site. And if you want your own .site domain, which is probably available in the domain that you want, you should get over there and get yourself your own fancy little domain and .site. Uh, and until we meet again next week, well, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you soon on This Old Marketing.